In a world where Rents doesn't know anything about superheroes and passes the torch to his sister. <clears throat> it's me. It's this world. This episode is the first of many diving into the ever-evolving, ever-growing world of superheroes, anti-heroes, and supervillains with complicated origin stories. Today, our specific focus will be on the questions of how does a Catholic handle superpowers in general? How would we handle moral dilemmas while in a position of literal power? Superpower. This is truly universal. Welcome back to Truly Universal, the show where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Today, obviously, we have a different setup than usual. Uh, instead of Renz hosting, it's me, his little sister. Uh, we also have another core team member, Ian. What up, what up, what up? We have two guest stars today. I'll have them introduce themselves. We'll start with JP. Tell us why you're here. What's up, everyone? My name is JP. Um, just like everyone else here, I am a nerd and I'm also Catholic. Ooh. Ooh. Mic drop. Oh, all right. All right. Okay. Um, okay. How, you can't do the podcast without a microphone, JP. I'm not sure. <laughs> my name is Father Raj. I'm, uh, my superpower is critiquing uh, JP's jokes. I'm a nerd also. I'm also a Catholic. I am a priest, a Roman Catholic priest, and it's I'm excited to be here to talk about superheroes and superpowers with the Truly Universal crew. Thanks for joining us, you two. So we brought you here because the core board decided that you two were some of the best like Catholic superhero intellects that we know. <laughs> and so um, I want to start off with a really easy question. How did you get into superheroes? Yeah, for me, um, I, um, you know, I grew up watching cartoons and, and then that bled into uh, reading comic books. And uh, so, yeah, from an early age, I was um, into X-Men, Spider-Man, um, uh, Superman, all those, all those kind of things. Toys also helped uh, fuel the passion for superheroes. So that, that's me. That's my story. Capitalism fuels it. Anyways, JP. <laughs> So for me, uh, exact same thing. I was watching. I would watch the cartoons when I was little. You know, like the X Men TV show, the animated series, and was it Spider Man has and his amazing friends? I think that's the one. After that, I got into comic books, but not as much. But I was totally into the the video games. Um, like uh, I remember playing Superman sixty four and being so mad at the game because it was really bad. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would I would play like the Batman games on on the on the Sega and things like that. So yeah, awesome. How about you, Ian? Well, I started off uh, for me it was Batman the animated series. And just I, I really like Batman. Like I had Batman shoes. Um, my 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 godmother made me a Batman costume out of a set of sweats. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. I, I, and then we start with that. We just moved on to all these other series, movies. Really, um, I guess you could say that my favorite superhero is Batman. I mean, he doesn't have superpowers, save for like his deductive intellect. But hey, hey, you know, gotta love it. And if he even makes gods fear him then, you know, what's not to love? How about you? Well, I I think much like everyone else that starts with the TV shows, the Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, but if I were to say comic books specifically and like really diving into getting to know them, that started actually when I became close to you three. Insert emotional moment. <laughs> Martha! 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 <laughs> Margaret? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I really started getting into it maybe in college. That's when I actually started like reading comic books and like I would walk to like a comic book store by my campus and I would like sit there and read comic books. Next question. So we already know how you got into superheroes. <laughs> Who is your favorite superhero and or your favorite superhero theme song? Oh, you can't go wrong with the X-Men theme song. That one, like you can't... That's just... Like, 
Oh, sorry. I'm just reliving there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. That was a classic. I guess we all agree on the X-Men theme song, unless someone else would like to No, Well, you know, I was going to mention another way that I got into superheroes was through the Disney afternoon. And so, like, like I think one of my first experiences of people with superpowers was uh, was Gummy Bears, right? And their theme song is is really... You don't know the gummy bears? No, what is Wait, that? You mean Care Bears? No, no, the gummy bears. They got oh. their powers from drinking gummy berry juice. So drinking the blood of their people? No, no. It's a special <laughs> juice. They're, well, you know, Catholic, we get our power from eating the, the drinking the blood of someone also fully man. But no, it, like, so that theme song is great. You, know, you never heard that one? Mm-mm. Gummy bears bouncing <sighs> here and there and everywhere. High adventures far beyond compare. We are the gummy bears. That that was I mean that was my childhood. I, I heard it. You sang it before. I've heard you sing it before. Oh. Yes. That's that's <laughs> specific, I, Ian. How often do you sing this one? Is your karaoke go-to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, that that's one of my favorite theme songs. Um, I'll get into my superhero later, but other theme songs? What do you guys like? I have the, the Batman animated series one, but it's all just dark and brooding. With the... Well, I'm not really good at it. Not, I'm not orchestral with my voice. I'm more of a baritone. <laughs> I you were going to say the... Batman! No, that's, no. that's the 60s, but which was... <laughs> It's own. What about the Dark Knight theme song? Oh, you mean dun, uh, just two notes over and over again from Hans Zimmer? Thank you. <laughs> I saw that one live at Coachella. And I saw Dark Knight 11 times in theaters, everybody. <laughs> 11 times. I didn't, I didn't pay for all of them. I was there for two of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I paid for you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that Ian's favorite superhero is Batman through and through, but I'm oh. still not sure oh, yeah. if uh, JP and Father Raj, you're kind of all over the place, uh, which is good. I mean, you have a wide breadth of faves. So who would you say, like, if you were to say one superhero, who your faves would be? I'm going to cheat. Uh, I thought about this question. My my, I'm going to do two favorites. Um, so uh, growing not up, <laughs> no, I, I'm vetoing that not allowed. I am going to pick two because I'm just going to say them. Uh, it's going to be uh, so uh, well, I have a, a very strong connection to Green Lantern that goes back to my high school days. Uh, we had actually our, our high school yearbook. Uh, paid or a, a group of us friends we had a bunch of superheroes uh, we all picked a different superhero i, I was green lantern um and so i have a really strong connection with with green lantern hal jordan specifically that that, that character and then um um, I also I, I grew up really having a, a fondness for uh, for Spider Man and the jokes and his, it just the 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 failure utter failure so much that he has in the comic books not so much in the animated series you don't see that too much but in in um, in the comic books he like everything goes wrong sometimes for him but he but he still gets up those are my two faves Green Lantern and Spider Man and the corny jokes from Spider Man those are always great I think I have to agree with you Spider Man's definitely my favorite. That's the one I grew up with. My mom got me into Spider-Man as well, because that's like the comic she read, how she learned English and all that stuff. Um, and just him being young was really, really helpful. He's growing up like being the younger sibling. I just needed that role model of like, okay, I'm not as smart as my brother is, and I don't seem to do anything right. But like I see Spider-Man, and that's that's some hope given to me. BP, how about you? Well, I'm going to cheat too. Uh, sorry about that. But definitely the first one that I thought of was good old Captain America. There was just something about him. I think that the fact that, yes, he has superpowers, but it's more of his character makes him super. The way he treats others, the way he takes the leadership role, how he's all or nothing. Definitely Cap, especially with the, the Marvel movies that have come out, Cap has become one of my favorites. But I think the other one that uh, I like, uh, he's a mutant. His name is uh, Longshot. Not that many people, I think, know about him. He's such a unique uh, X-Men. Uh, he was part of the X-Men. Like He's a, a mutant that has the ability of just being extremely lucky. Is That's like his thing. Like He can um, 
he can manipulate luck all around him and then he can't use it for evil because then it will fire back at him. So there's there's a mechanic with him where he has to use his powers for good, otherwise something else would happen and it will probably be a bad thing. Not to mention he uh I just learned today, uh while doing some research that he does have hollow bones, like a bird. Is hollow bones, so like no bone marrow? Yeah, like that's one of his things. That's why he's so... He apparently can dodge Spider-Man uh, attacks and stuff like that. Because then they say it's because of his bone structure. Like he, That's why he's super agile and things like that. Interesting. Well, if, if, if they get to cheat, I'm going to cheat too. I'm going to choose the other rich um, philanthropist uh, <laughs> guy who makes his own things. And that's Iron Man. And mainly because of the, the MCU portrayal of him. Like I just fell in love with the whole like it's just fantastic so yeah yeah that's right yeah that's, i want to be included i wanted to sorry well since we're just throwing the rule the rule out you i'm just gonna anarchy <laughs> i'm gonna pick a second one too which is spider gwen which is in the same universe i appreciate spider gwen because growing up i love spider man and then reading spider gwen seeing that the story was like opposite where like peter parker like went crazy wanting to be spider-man never got to be it and spider gwen was was the superhero and i'm just like super feminist and i absolutely love it and she has a great costume as well and on that note of spider-man uh he goes through the like ultimate kind of dilemma of having to choose between like a bus of people and the love of his life and like saving their lives and that's a dilemma a moral dilemma that a lot of the superheroes have to go through right like the ones that we've brought up they've all had to give it up like a love life basically or like a personal life because they don't want to endanger the people they care about and so i'm gonna go through a few would you rathers so why don't you put yourself in the mindset of a superhero? It could either be your favorite superhero or just like a made-up one that you pretend to be when you're on your own. And just tell me which one you'd rather have hmm. and okay. and why. So the first, would you rather? Would you rather save one of the following from being extinct? Chickens or potatoes? Hmm. Wow, moral dilemmas. Um <laughs> Start, yeah. start off heavy, heavy hitters. No chickens, yeah. so no eggs, no fried chicken, no Jollibee, or Ooh. no potatoes, which is no fries, no waffle fries, no mm. crinkle cut fries, no steak fries. No baked potatoes, no mashed potatoes. Can't fully load potatoes. What's it going to be? Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Like, as a Filipino, I could just go to rice with my fried chicken. <laughs> so That's true. <sighs> It's a tough one because I think I think on a regular basis I will crave like a French fry more than I will crave like chicken, mm. but um, but I think in overall chicken is more satisfying. I would agree. As someone who does not eat meat, I I can't I can't say anything actually. But you bake with eggs. I do. I do bake with eggs actually. So yeah, you're right. I'm not a full on vegetarian. I just don't eat meat. So what would you what would you save? The eggs or the mm. potatoes? I mean, I don't want to lose, like, the, the option in case I, like, go back to eating meat. You know, like, everyone decides to do sustainable farming all over America. And my my ignorant self was like, I'm going to save potatoes instead because I don't eat chicken anyways. And then I'm going to be a 50-year-old woman and be like, I can't have chicken nuggets. Yeah. Good Lord. Wait, is the question – I, I got to revisit the question. Is, this, is it saving potatoes for all of humanity or saving chickens for all of humanity? Because that, that's another level to this dilemma, which, you know, superheroes have to go through. They've got to ask those questions. Like this would mean like no one in existence can have chicken anymore or potatoes. Mm. Like Thanos snap, but only chickens <laughs> or only potatoes. Oh God, no! I imagine myself just eating one already, and it just <laughs> dust. You just eat dust, dust, just the dust. You get dusted. Yeah, I would. I'm gonna have to go with chickens, just because they're just a little bit more versatile. You know, they you can have them as a pet. You can, um, you know, they wake you up in the morning. You can have a potato as a pet. True. You can have. What? Now I'm back to the same dilemma. Okay, well. <laughs> you mean I can't have a pet potato? No, Mr. Potato Head. I guess you're right, Mr. Potato Head. You're right, Mrs. Potato Head too. Mr. Potato Head wouldn't be around anymore. I know you wouldn't be able to. Dang, I'm going chicken. I'm just going chicken. No, I would go chicken. I would go chicken too. Because I can't have lose eggs and chicken, and yeah, one begets the other. It's a double whammy. 
And you can make sweet potato fries. Oh, wow. Loophole. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Whoa. As I'm thinking about it, which is healthier. They are a different species. I guess you agree on chicken then. All right. Well, we, we saved the day. We saved yeah. the world with that. Wow. Great job, guys. You know, it's not, it wasn't a dilemma at all, guys. <laughs> it wasn't. We outsmarted the dilemma. Next superhero dilemma. Whip your cape, stand still from flying, or not. Because this next would you rather is would you rather be able to fly, but you have brittle bones like a bird or like long shot, or you can mutate into anyone or anything you want, but you can't be who you initially were before gaining the power. So you can fly anywhere. You don't have to pay nook miles to fly. You don't have to pay for flight. You can go anywhere at the like in an instant, but you're just super brittle. Or you can mutate. You can be anything you want. You could be super buff if you wanted to. You can have a beard, even if you don't normally grow one. Who was that for? Who was that for? Not me. <laughs> I just shaved my beard for Easter. Um, must must be Meg. <laughs> <laughs> um so much but you can't be who you were initially yeah you know you know thinking about it as a superhero even though i think flying would be really awesome i think thinking about it as a superhero you you wouldn't really be able to do much with with super brittle bones right it'd be hard to save people you can't even like carry stuff away with with your flight i think as as much of as a sacrifice as it would be i'd have to do the mute the mutate thing the immune thing i think you could help more people with that um you know selfishly i'd, I'd, I'd want to fly <laughs> to go wherever and see everything but uh but superheroes aren't selfish yeah Okay, question, clarifying question. If if I can't become exactly what I was before, can I be like a better looking version of what I was before? <laughs> Ian, that's impossible. There's no better looking version of you, Ian. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm blushing. You can't see it, but I'm blushing. <laughs> no, like you can't have any like matching things from who you were before. What about your voice? Could could your friends and family would they know who you are, or would no? You'd have to like convince them it's you through memories. It's like like a Doctor Who changes or like altered carbon, where it's just completely different, different. Body. Oh man, you keep your memories though. But... Oh, so it's okay. You know what? I'll do the I'll do the mutate thing because I could just mutate into a bird when I feel like it <laughs> and fly that way, and I'd still wow. have the brittle bones. Loophole. 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 That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking I can mutate into a bird. Like that was a thing. But here's the thing. Our, look at our logic versus Father Raj's logic was I can help more people. Mine was could I end up looking like a slightly better version of myself? <laughs> And this is why Father Raj is a father. <laughs> <laughs> and he has his superpowers. And then JP's like, how can I have both? Yeah, like, I want both. Why not both? Because there's an or in there. And English says <laughs> you can't have both. <laughs> We're Catholic. Both and. Both and. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, true. The end of the story. We're Catholic, so you can have both. We can have chicken and we can have potatoes. Our final would you rather. Are you ready? Okay. Can I get a drum roll, please? Would you rather get your superpowers through training with a mentor slash parent figure that will die eventually or instantly gain powers through being bit by an arachnid, reptile, or lightning? Bit, yeah. <laughs> bit by lightning. And have to figure it out yourself, but you can't tell anyone. Clarifying question. When you say eventually, what kind of time frame are you looking at? Because I'm going to eventually die. <laughs> <laughs> They will die in your presence. Like, as soon as your training is done, you're just starting your career, you're, you're fresh off the block, new cape, no capes, new life as a superhero, and your first uh, villain kills off your mentor slash parent figure person. Hmm. But you get the training. You get the training from them. You could have the awesome flashbacks that people have. It's like they never left you. The training is complete. Yeah, training's complete. They die. Your first day on the job. First villain. And that becomes your nemesis. Or you just do it all on your own. I think 
I would, you know, I, I'd want to do it on my own. I don't want to see anybody else else die. But if we're trying to put a Catholic spin on these things, right? Like, I think you just trust. You trust that the person that that trained you that that was their telos, their purpose, and uh, they're they're now going to go to the reward, right? It's going to be painful, but um, we see what that kind of pain did for Batman, right, Ian? Yeah, okay. true, true. And like every superhero, <laughs> though though his parents didn't train him, they just kind of. Very rich. <laughs> they watched an opera and they just they just went. <laughs> uh, they met Joe Chill. Oh. We are an Easter people. That's true. JP. I went in thinking what would be the better story. Oh. That's why in my head I chose the go through trade the mentor's parent figure. I think in terms of a storyline, I think that'll be a, a cooler origin, I think. And it gives it gives some background for the character. It gives them a purpose to 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 continue the fight. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the mentorship aspect's really important. When we think about like the apostles, they had mm-hmm. Jesus at some point, and then he left. And then the Pentecost was like them like being sent forth and doing what they got to do. And like a lot of superheroes have that moment where it's like they needed that. They needed the the mentorship and then they needed the mentor leaving in order for them to really fulfill their purpose or to really um, feel more empowered, even if it's from like a loss, essentially. So are you, are you saying that that scene from Thor when he he flashes to see his dad is just like the last chapter of John in the gospel where Jesus comes back and he just tells he's like, all right, you know, you got to do what you got to do, Peter. You got to Do you love my sheep? Are you the God of, of hammers or the God of thunder? Right. Yeah, that's the same thing. Ooh. Right. That's that's what you're saying, yeah. Meg. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Thor wasn't bit by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> wait, was Thor bit by lightning? Is that his origin story? Uh, uh, no, wait, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna. No, that was really good. I liked that with the um, not, that the whole scene was a great scene. I mean, it was wonderful with with um, uh, Odin and Thor. Yeah, awesome. Well, that concludes our would you rather's. Thank you for that. This next part isn't very Catholic. It's not very Christian. Contemplating super villains. But, you know, like, you can't have the light without the dark. And sometimes we just have to indulge that idea of supervillains because in these storylines of superheroes, you need a villain for the superhero to be a hero. So who is your favorite supervillain? I think mine would be him from Powderpuff Girls. Whoa, wow. Okay, yeah. They're they're superheroes. Yeah, that's true. Or Harley Quinn. I find most of the Batman villains really interesting because all of them, it's like, the basic theme is that they have some psychological issues and like having a psych degree kind of makes me like those more but in that vein i, I really like raza ghoul because he's like this perfect gentleman who's a crazy fighter with a sword and has to be resurrected in the lazarus pits and isn't he like the father of is it was it talia al ghoul is like batman's wife mm-hmm. yep. what a wonderful interesting villain hero relationship family what a time in-laws right well, I don't know. I'm not married, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Man, that's a, it's a, such a it's such a tough question. Um, you know, he, what you were saying about every hero needs a, a villain. I think that's that's definitely a concept we could chew on um, in the faith, like that that darkness. I mean, this is one that a lot of philosophers talk about, right? Like that the presence of darkness um, allows us to see a greater uh, the light, right? And um, the via negativa when we present characters that that get defeated. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I. I think it's actually been one to just go off on the tangent. I think it's been one of the the strengths of of the MCU um, because uh, most of their movies have really interesting but also relatable villains. Um, and I think it's it's been one of the downfalls of the um, whatever DC is calling their universe, DC movie universe, the DCU. DCUU, you, you, okay, um, but like the the the, the villains aren't aren't as relatable or, and, 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 and so it makes the, the heroes less uh, relatable. And um, so I, I, I'll go with somebody like, at least right now, I think there's a, such a fascination with the, with like a character like um, Killmonger from, from, uh, from Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. Like he wants to do good, but he's just, he's, he's got um, his priorities um, out of whack. And I think that's what makes a good villain. Um, we can, 
well, I think a lot of us know that 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 can be us sometimes. You know, we're we're trying to do good, but we're prideful. We're trying to do good, but we're so set on vengeance that um that we we miss out. So I think I think that would be at least my choice for for uh, one of my favorite supervillains right now. I like your reasoning behind Killmonger because I have that thought about about Thanos and a lot of like the characters coming out where it's like traditionally you see in comic books like the villains know they're villains. They know they're villains. And now we're like really putting a bigger emphasis on these villains who like don't really consider themselves villains. They feel like they're doing the right thing. They they are very set on like this is going to be good for everyone what I'm fighting for. And so we're put in this position of like, whoa, this person actually sounds kind of right, but it's still, it's hurting people. Like you think about Thanos, like I just, I was like to prep myself for their nerdiness. I was like watching Endgame just casually. <laughs> <laughs> and like Thanos was like just so convinced he's doing the right thing and like Killmonger, right? Like he, he really, and that's, that's a very human concept that like I'm doing this, for the common good and maybe there is some casualties but like in the end what i'm doing it's like the right thing it's definitely the right thing right yeah yeah, yeah i mean i mean thinking in, in the comic books i think we see that so much with like i mean lex Luthor's character and and um other uh villains right the sinistro i mentioned green lantern and green lantern earlier right like the, the um it it comes from um, a kind of a, even though a lot of the villains aren't human, it comes from a very human place or human desires um, that, that get twisted. And that's what makes it complicated, but also interesting. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I totally forgot about this question. So the first <laughs> one, super villain that popped in my head, uh, Darth Vader. Okay. There are comic books with, uh, you know, yeah. There's just... When you first get introduced to Darth Vader, he's such a powerful entity uh, with the outfit and everything. You don't see his face, um, the powerful voice that James Earl Jones provides, the samurai outfit. He literally looks like a samurai with a, and the lightsaber and things like that. And then seeing the prequels, seeing how he becomes from Anakin, how he transforms into Darth Vader you can see how he slowly gets corrupted, which people like us, we can understand that. There are times when we fall to the dark side and you can see how like your personality just changes and how if you get consumed in it, you become something, you become someone else that you don't want to be to the point where you do want redemption and, and there is something or someone out there that can totally help you out. You are the chosen one. <laughs> yep, exactly. You are the chosen one. Cut to our promo for the uh, Star Wars um, um, Truly Universal. Yes. <laughs> I think kind of struggling back, like the idea of the villains too, like the idea of evil is not a substantive thing, mm. right? Like cold is not, you know, cold is not a substantive thing. It's the absence of heat, right? And so like now I'm thinking about Ra's al Ghul portrayed in, my main thing was thinking about him portrayed in um, Batman the Animated Series, which is kind of still foggy right now. But like in, in Batman Begins, same thing that Meg was talking about. He was convinced that to save Gotham, in a sense, you had to destroy everything, you know, for the common good. Like the League of Shadows, they were the thing that we keep things in balance. Balance is the highest good. We are pursuing a good. Why can't you see this? It's all something good that's been twisted, like how... Like in Tolkien, right? With Tolkien, orcs or what were they originally? They're they're originally elves, but they were twisted by a dark power, you know. So evil is, can always make a mockery of the good, but it doesn't make anything. It doesn't create anything. Nothing new, anyway. Nothing life giving. Yeah, and I think um, look thinking look at a lot of the villains, right? They're like you mentioned, uh, Ra's al Ghul. They start off as heroes too, right? And it's just one choice. One choice that makes them either a hero or a villain, right? You look at um, uh, we got Doctor Strange back here, right? Oh, you can't see that. Sorry, um, Doctor, <laughs> I've got a Doctor Strange image behind me. No, but um, uh, Baron Mordo, right? He 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 was a good guy at first. Or we think about um, so many characters. It's just one choice that defines them as a villain or as a hero. I mean, just going back to the Darth Vader example, that that's a, a great one, right? Do you think that those kinds of villain stories people resonate with most because there's just like such a spiritual aspect to it of like looking at 
this idea like free will and and choice and like what that does to people um and even looking at like metanoia like that transformative spiritual experience or that transformative experience that superheroes have because they could either choose to be normal and not care about anyone else or they can choose to fight these forces um fight these villains to not give up on humanity not give up on the humanity of those villains like it, it, it's those fights aren't always about like killing the villain off it's like how do we reverse that culture that that villain's creating and i feel like that's like super catholic it's just something really spiritual about that idea of like looking at choices and what that does in someone's life and like that transformative experience that comes with those choices that are made so i talk about this a lot in my comic sci-fi religion class we talk a lot about like science fiction as a religion we talk about what what like religious institutions can gain from like comic book sci-fi culture and vice versa so so looking at like superhero culture looking at superhero storylines looking at the relationship they have with villains or or like the origin stories that superheroes and villains have what do catholics have to gain from that culture from what those stories talk about and vice versa what could the superhero culture what could those fandoms gain from catholic culture something that we have to gain from the superhero culture it's kind of weird too because i mean we have superheroes in the catholic faith we have the saints we have those like they are, are we already know about these superheroes that are in our faith and not to mention pope john paul ii he has a comic book he is a superhero in in marvel marvel made a comic book about him there's a lot of similarities with the saints and the superheroes that we can totally uh relate with them and things like that i think with comic book culture it just um makes explicit things that we know are true spiritually there are fantastical cosmic powers at play in our religion in our faith in our universe um when you look at the hymns around easter right like in that great contest between life and death like how much more comic book can i get like you have the yeah the, the saints the angels you have jesus christ coming forth to like beat the devil i guess a catholic can regain from the i guess a comic book sense is like I, we have a friend who says the, a sense of the sacred right and that these these things are powers that are beyond our kin. Comic books can be an interesting visual reminder that these things that seem so fantastical in a comic book actually point to other things, something greater. Like we actually have these things in reality, right? Like there are supernatural powers. Many people have them. They're charisms or they have certain talents. And But we've kind of like, oh, that's just a thing that we've let kind of, oh, that's nice. That's their talents, blah, blah, blah. But to really see in a framework, like you can develop your charisms in a sense, right, Father? Like you could get better with them and hone them, you know, the spiritual gifts, all these things. I think it could be an interesting way to relook at truths of the faith that were always true, but we just kind of lost a sense of these things are happening. A rekindling of our imagination, of our spiritual imagination, because we just think of things materially so much nowadays. I definitely agree with that. I was in my uh, comic sci-fi religion class and, and I went to the bathroom and there's only one other Catholic in that class. Everyone else is um, another denomination of, of Christianity or I have some some that are Buddhist, one that's Hindu, uh, another one who's a witch, pagan. Uh, so we have all these different perspectives and there's one other Catholic there and we happen to be in the bathroom at the same time. And we just kept talking about how it's easy for us to love sci-fi, to love magic, to love Harry Potter and like um, and Lord of the Rings, because as Catholics, like we believe in magic. We believe that a wafer becomes and transforms into the body and blood of Christ, like our savior. And so it's like, like we are born into a culture where we, we believe in this magic and the supernatural and like, um, like who, who do people call when they need like an exorcism? They call Catholic priests, even if they're not Catholic, you know? And so like the Catholic culture lends ourselves to believe in this magic. 
Yeah, um, I think both uh, what uh, Meg and Ian uh, are saying truly resonate. Um, just in case my bishop's listening, we don't believe in magic. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what Ian was saying that we be- we leave- we believe in uh, the supernatural, the-, the the divine, that that there are forces at play beyond um, what we can see. And uh, all kidding aside, that Meg's point about like there's something incredibly powerful beyond uh, this world, beyond beyond uh, human things that that we engage in on a regular basis. Basis is is powerful. I'm going to take it in like kind of a more real way in terms of what com- comic books or more pr- kind of practical, sensible way with like comic books can teach us is is that um the basic thing that that evil can be defeated and and evil in whatever form right whether that's um, institutions of evil whether that's people's evil thoughts right we see superheroes struggle with that too some of the people that they care about the most just have evil thoughts and they're trying to conquer that in their lives i think that's that that's an incredible power just a basic thing to be reminded that evil isn't victorious good, good is good will win in the end and it, sometimes that sounds cheesy but if it takes a comic book to remind us that or to give us that hope then then great i, I think that's one place that comics can um can teach us something the other thing i i was thinking about is um how comics and comic culture can be influenced, but also learn from from the church is that there um, is a a power in structure. Sometimes you see it, right? Like, I mean, if anybody's reading the current um, House of uh, X, Powers of X, or, or Dawn of X, right now with the X Men and the comic book series, we see, you know, the the X Men are they're seeing such. Um, there's problems within structures, right? That always happens, but there's amongst the fellowship now of knowing that they're all united as, as mutants. It's um, there's a power there. It's a story of the Avengers, right? And, you know, we wanted to bring a group together, right? When it was only when they worked together that they were able to, to, um, to be victorious. Right. And so I think for us, we, we can see that, that echoed in the church as well that our systems and our structures aren't perfect, but there is um, a beauty in, in recognizing we're journeying together and we have a similarity. We share the same uh, heritage, same blood. Um, I think that's one thing that echoes through all comics and, and is a reality in the church as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely looking at like a power of community and the power of having someone to keep you accountable too. Like that's something that's really big in superheroes. Like, um, I mean, Dr. Who wasn't originally a comic book, but it's going into a comic book superhero realm for me. I'm going to make that choice. Uh, but the fact that Doctor Who can't travel alone, like he knows that traveling alone makes him go crazy. And even like his closest companions, who are like humans that like travel with him occasionally when they feel like it. Um, even they were like, you should not be alone. And that goes for a lot of us. There's like so many times where like we get so mad at that structure that we're like, no, I could do this whole spirituality thing on my own. Or or we we get in a fight with people in our youth group or young adult group or or adult group, prayer, our prayer group, our community, our church. And we're like, no, I could do this prayer thing alone. Like, I don't need to go to this church. I don't need to go to this parish to see those people. But the fact is like, we can't travel alone. Like we can't do this alone. And, and that's something that like, comic books also and superheroes remind us as well as like team efforts important i mean even like spider-man there's like so many comic books where he like hops around in different groups like he's he's like part of the vendors but then like there's one where he's with the fan four <laughs> am i the only one who remembers those like i remember seeing those like what was happening in like the comic book world but he like hopped around because um he had that struggle of like doing it alone but also wanting to be part of something right yeah um and even he doesn't do it alone right even though he doesn't have superhero friends he has that accountability that you were mentioning earlier uh meg that he has people he journeys with whether that's aunt may or whether that's his friends in his life right and now in the mcu we have uh, other characters that we see him journeying with um and that support him and that challenge him that make him better right and and um, so that's definitely uh, something we see. I appreciate the parts where like superheroes gain something from someone that doesn't have superpowers, reminding you that like powers and just that talent or natural gift you have, like every person has that ability. Like and like the episodes of Daredevil where he like goes to confession with a priest or like talk to the priest for advice, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that note, 
there are superheroes out there, and JP has this ready. There's superheroes out there that are actually Catholic, not just like our perception, but they were written to be Catholic. Uh, JP, do you have that list? I do. You you mentioned one of them already, Daredevil. He goes to confession and stuff. It's a thing, which I think is pretty cool because because then you have someone like Nightcrawler who I forget. Um, yeah, he is a devout Catholic, but he was a seminarian. Yeah, he was a seminarian. I can give you the yeah, I can give you the whole the yeah. the whole line. So he he was ordained a priest at one point, and then they retconned it to be like that it was just a dream and it was some uh, manipulation of some organization that was kind of like the church that like forced him and pretended it gave him these memories. But he uh, he he's seen in heaven in some of the uh, he dies unfortunately but he's back yeah, anyway and we also got a, there's other different night crawlers from other universes but the one from uh, the main the main Marvel universe uh, is a devout Catholic was raised uh, in a, a monastery was found orphaned um, at the doorsteps of a monastery and. Yeah, so he practices faith. He, it's really cool. There's some, some. I actually have them as my personal comic book collection, um, like issues where he's actually giving um, advice to like Logan Wolverine um, via his faith, right? Um, he actually meets Logan in a bar as a priest. And if for anybody that's been reading or has read through the X Men comic books, he has a device that that makes it so that he um, everybody else sees him like uh, as something else, doesn't see the Nightcrawler blue skin and the tail and all that stuff. And and he walks into the bar, and uh, Logan uh, says, "Turn off that device. I want to see the real you." But he was dressed like a priest and everything. So, yeah, Nightcrawler, Kurt Wagner. It was all a dream. Oh no. Yeah, that's oh, wow. too bad. The retcon. Yeah, unfortunately for that. But um, also Hellboy. Oh yeah, Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosary around his wrist. Reliquaries. Mm-hmm. A bunch of reliquaries. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you got you got Huntress. Oh, cause she's like Sicilian, right? Isn't she Sicilian? Yeah, yeah she's yeah, yeah. yeah, she's Sicilian. And then she, I think her current version, um, she was lapsed, but now she's getting back with her faith. Like she goes to mass on Sundays now, or according to the comic books now. So relatable to most mm-hmm. Catholic young adults. <laughs> <laughs> and then according to this list, you have wait a minute. Okay, I thought that was Captain Planet. No, it's not. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I mean, Catholic social teaching. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd go that way. I don't know. I don't know what list you're you're looking at, JP. But I, I've got a couple more that that I know of. Um, like I know in, yeah, in, in the graphic novels, um, uh, Miles Morales uh, talks about. Um, so um, a Spider Man, right? Miles Morales. He um, he talks about. Uh, his mom making him go to confession, right, in in the church down the street and speaking to the priest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he grew up in a, um, a Latin household, partially Latin household. So, um, Am like, I making this up? Or he had, like, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, like, I remember seeing that on one of, like, the comic panels. I'm, I'm pretty sure because it's, it's, been, it's been referred to in a couple of in the graphic novels and stuff that he, you know, he, he had to go to confession. And then um, I think Black Widow is um, Orthodox or whatnot. I, I, I recently, I, was, I forgot which... Um, what arc I was reading, but there's a scene where she goes to confession also, but um, I don't think it's Roman Catholic. I think she's Orthodox, um, Ru- Russian Orthodox. My, my hope is that uh, Batman is an Anglican use uh catholic father <laughs> if you could explain what that is no so yeah just a real quick so in uh, a few years ago many of our anglican brothers and sisters which is the kind of the episcopalian uh branch here in the united states many of uh them came back into the church under um a special right um and so they practice under the uh, the practice of catholicism under the anglican use um and so yeah, so it's possible that uh, then any Episcopalians or Anglicans in the comic books have come come over across the Tiber. It might be because someone would put Episcopalian and Catholic for Batman, so maybe that's Batman. Yeah, he's he's supposed to he's supposed to be lapsed. He's supposed to be a lapsed Catholic. Look at that, like that that Gothic. Very come on, guys, Anglican <laughs> use all the way. <laughs> Can't tell me nothing else. You know. Who else can we think of a Catholic? Uh, I'm just looking at this list. You have Altar Boy. Okay. Oh, <laughs> That's a name of a superhero. Okay. Name of a superhero. Catwoman. Oh, Selena Kyle. Okay. Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Yeah. Um, what else? Firebrand. He's Catholic. I want to see like a spinoff where like these superheroes are like in a prayer group together. Like I don't know. I just see them being like. 
like a charismatic group and like batman's like no i don't do praise and worship (laughs) (laughs) they all go to mass right yeah like they released a filipino uh, superhero early last year uh wave uh, in marvel comics i'm gonna assume she's catholic she's filipino you know possibly could be muslim could be that's true you're that you're that is correct depends on the writers that's true when i would go to like fanime and comic-con on like sunday you'd go to mass and you see people in cosplay so it's like i've seen a batman in a church not crazy regular human being all right all right okay thank you yeah you know i've i've seen people come to mass that think they're superheroes too <laughs> oh jeez oh no Have mercy there are two green lanterns that are left catholic oh yeah i'm guess um uh, kyle rayner guy gardner and oh, kyle rayner yeah. yeah guy gardner kyle rayner okay so we have that list of superheroes that were written to be Catholic and like intended by the authors or the creators to be Catholic. So are there superheroes that just by the way they live their life, the choices they make, um, the kind of philosophy they hold, um, the way they handle moral dilemmas, are there superheroes that you yourself would be like, you know what, I don't care what the writers say, I say they're Catholic because of the way that they've lived their life. Yeah, I, th- I think one that, that that popped out for me um, is uh, is Green Lantern. I mentioned him as one of my favorites, right? But I think the fact that um, you know you look at the Green Lantern Corps, they're these group of defenders of um, you could say defenders of the truth or defenders of people, right? And they they make an oath similar to like our baptismal promises or like the vows or promises we make in religious life. I think um, I think Green Lantern or uh, several of the other Lantern Corps. I think that structure that oath that dedication to defending good right is 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 incredible right um that oath is it, i mean it stuck with me the the fact that they they make those oaths i mean mm-hmm. if you i mean you want me to recite it right now i mean yeah i kind of do in brightest day in dark in blackest night. No, let me try to remember in brightest day in blackest night uh, no evil shall escape my sight let those who worship evils might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Ooh, bravo. Or, um, yeah. yeah, thanks. 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 I like it. There's other there are other oaths. Um the you know, the Orange Lantern Corps, they go um mine, 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 mine. <laughs> they're they're agreed, <laughs> right? They're agreed, yeah. The orange lanterns are, are that's another oath. That is a different different version. Um but there's other other nice oaths. But that's my pick, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the Jedi. Oh. I mean, they, they're, like, they're like the Green Lights. They have an oath. They're protectors of the galaxy. And then not to mention, Obi-Wan was a hermit for a really long time. And I know it's not part of the Jedi thing, but I mean, I mean the, the, guy, the, the guy that played Obi-Wan Kenobi, Alec Guinness, he is a, he's a convert to Catholicism. So, I mean, if you, if you think about it, if you, look at a, if you look at a Jedi, you like, they have to be. Not necessarily priests, but more like, they, they, I mean, they wear... They they look like Franciscan friars. Yeah. Hmm. If you look, you just look at them. They, they Franciscan friars. They just need a lightsaber, and boom, they're Jedi. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm having a hard time with this. I can't. Uh, ones were not necessarily explicitly Catholic, but I mean, I know full well. For example, I mean Captain America. I mean, just to the truth, to the good. Um, and he's not Catholic, right? He's a uh, probably. Probably a high church Protestant. I'm not quite sure. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, I'm telling you, Batman could go. Yeah, that's right. I'm mixing universes here. Batman <laughs> will go convert him, and maybe, maybe not. Um, and Anglican use, man. Anglican use is for all these. It's a catch-all. Let's catch all these, <laughs> all these, all these okay. heroes that are Protestant. <laughs> like, On that note, of course, we were thanking you for your your shares. Those are good. Those are great. Um, speaking of the cross universe, we're going to end today because we're, we're, it's just about that time. We're going to end today <laughs> with our last question. Uh, we went really deep, but this one's a little more lighthearted. What team ups across the universe would you like to see? Could be literally anything because my choice is Deadpool and Catbug from Bravest Warriors. I just think that would be an amazing team up. I would I would read all those comic books. I would buy them physically, not just on Comixology. <laughs> I think Ian and I, we had, we had yeah, a yeah, total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we both said the exact this same is, thing. Uh, <laughs> this is what, we've been talking about this for years, right? We were, yeah, we've been talking about this for years. I mean, Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. we know, like, he is totally, 
he's able to fight in everything. He's able. He's the best. He's the best transformer. He can do anything. Yeah, he's fantastic. The only thing is, he doesn't know how to deal with traps. He doesn't know how to deal with traps. Therefore, we would team him up with Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. <laughs> Who knows traps? It's, it's a, a trap. trap. <laughs> so there you go. If if Admiral Akbar tells Optimus Prime there's a trap. <laughs> Optimus will know, and we're all good. That's it. Optimus wins. Did Akbar really do well in that situation? Well, you know, I mean, I mean, well, he identified it, which is he identified than it. What Optimus Prime would do, so they're still better off. Um, I I don't have an answer to this question, so I'm just gonna um, uh, Coulson and um, the MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Uh, that would be an interesting team up, right? Coulson, they would get themselves trapped somewhere, or they'd be like in a difficult situation, and Coulson would, you know, crack some jokes and inspire MacGyver, and MacGyver would, MacGyver would just be trying to to figure out how to do it with some string and duct tape and a piece of chewing gum. MacGyver's a superhero. I can see that. I like it. I like it's very yeah. practical. I like how your choices complemented each other. My choice, I just thought would be comedic because Deadpool is like absolute chaos. And then like Catbug is also absolute chaos, but like innocent chaos, like comes back from a black hole with sugar peas. So I just feel like that would be a great combination. Just like Deadpool would find his innocence again through Catbug and Catbug will just get a little more edgier <laughs> because he's around Deadbug. It's around Deadbug. Deadbug. Deadbug, oh. That's a couple names. Like <laughs> Dead bug and cat pool. <laughs> I don't. That's the next comic book. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's about it. I like the conversation we had today. It's a good first time. It was fun. Hey, can yeah. I can I say this this conversation? It was uh, super. Oh. Uh, father with the dad jokes. I was gonna say I was gonna say there's four of us and it's been fantastic. Uh, oh, that's good, Japes. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> well, it's well, it's been marvelous. <laughs> oh, I'll be DCing. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now it's just getting terrible. It's getting terrible. Oh, oh, let me just let me just snap us out of it. Well, wow! No one's gonna see this. Nobody sees <laughs> that, JP. <laughs> No one is seeing this. JP has a Thanos gauntlet glove. Which, by the way, was um, modeled after the reliquary for uh, St. Teresa of Avila's hand. Oh, there's Catholics in the comic book world for sure. Are you flipping us off, JP? <laughs> That's his ring finger. That's his oh, ring, ring finger. finger. Sorry. Ring finger. Ring finger. <laughs> yeah, edit that one out. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. This this episode has been so good. It's been like Batman Begins, but we need we want to do that again. So Batman Returns. Are you looking up puns you could possibly? Say? No, I'm just trying to get us to the fact that we're we're gonna hopefully come back again. <laughs> I think we will. If you want to hear us talk even more about being Catholic and the superhero universe, which is vast and broad, please subscribe, comment, like below, whatever stuff you, you social media people say but for now that's all we have for today so thank you again for tuning in to truly universal i'm meg i'm ian i'm jp and i'm father raj signing out and if you want to hear us again let us know because we will talk about superheroes more truly universal is a production of urban picks all things to all you can find all of our content on our website www urbanpicks that's pyx.com slash truly universal please like and subscribe to us on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts if you want to contact us send us an email at truly universal at urbanpicks.com thanks everybody we will see you next time snap